0: Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. My name, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Paul Alexander. I'm one of the elders here at City Beautiful Church and excited to be here with you tonight. Um, In addition to being an elder, I actually serve also as a full-time missionary. Um, And that'll play into our story some tonight, as we're kind of unpacking the message. We've been in a series called Love in Translation, and it's really talking about how we, uh, as a body, together, have a role in translating God's love to the world. And the specific topic that I'm going to camp on tonight is, in some ways, just a part of that, but it's a really big part, and that's this idea of evangelism. And uh, I don't know about you, but... um, I know how people react to that word sometimes, and so on Facebook this week I posted a question and I said, uh, I'd love to hear, when I use the word evangelism, what's your first thought or reaction? What what comes to your mind? And I actually asked people to private message me because I didn't want my, like, bored to become like a big debate uh, thing. You know, I don't know, that's probably never happened on social media where people start getting all snarky and mad at each other, but I just didn't want to be the first one to cause it. So um, the good news was some people, even though they posted on my wall, it was very civil, but we had some great interactions, uh, some great comments from people, everything from people just saying that they become very fearful if they're a person who currently follows Christ and they hear that word. Others saying um, they think of the opposite of agreeing to disagree. Um, someone said sales. That was the one comment they put on my walls. They, when I heard evangelism, they thought of sales. Um, somebody else in a private message said that the most common thing they think of when they hear the word evangelism is somebody standing like, on the side of a street with like a megaphone yelling at people. And ironically, I was in Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago and was with my daughter at a volleyball tournament and as we were walking into the convention center um, at the in, in philadelphia there was people standing outside with megaphones yelling at people that they were sinning and that they were going to hell now i'm not sure how they knew that all those people were going to hell but somehow they had insight that everyone coming by was so uh, maybe for some people that's your that's your idea of evangelism um, but uh, hopefully tonight we can kind of dispel some of those myths Um, And maybe if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of those myths uh, that you're that you're thinking of about evangelism Hopefully we can actually just encourage you to take another step in your journey and really just unpack a little bit more of uh, Really this part of God's story and how amazing it is and beautiful it is that we get to be a part of it Um, I mentioned I was a missionary. I was in Dallas a couple of weeks ago and uh, The thing that was really cool. I was with in Dallas Uh, groups of people who do the same job I do. I actually lead uh, in Crew, is the name of our ministry. Some of you may have known it as Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, We go by Crew now and and I help lead our digital strategy team. And so, uh, you know, Wycliffe Bible translators and World Vision and these other different uh, ministries uh, were there focused on the family and we were together in Dallas. And I was struck at that moment, I already knew I was gonna be teaching here at just how big and massive God's story is. Like all these people sitting in a room and just getting to hear about the work that they're engaged in and the work that God's doing through their ministries and through them individual was just really humbling, but really inspiring too, to think about this has been going on for centuries and we get to play a part in that story. So we're gonna talk about how we can play a part in that story tonight. Um, Some of you may remember that uh, a few weeks ago, Cole introduced us to an acronym. Does anybody remember the acronym that Cole introduced us to? BRAR. BRAR, very memorable, right? BRAR. Cole, thank you for the memorable acronym. I still remember it too, breathe, access. No, breathe, remember, access, and then return, reveal. There you go. I got the gist of it. I got the R's and all the words, yeah. So tonight, I'm trying to make an acronym that's equally as memorable. So tonight, related to evangelism, are you ready for our acronym? And I'm going to kind of unpack it as the night goes on. So you have to wait for it. But the acronym is mm mmm-mmm. Should be memorable, right? You're gonna you're gonna remember this one, right? So it should be good. So we'll we'll unpack that. We'll see what you think. Um, so uh, a little bit from my own story. So I do get on planes more than I'd like to, um, part of being a missionary, I suppose. And so um, when I started preparing for this conversation with you guys tonight, I was remembered a flight uh, I was on from New Orleans back to Orlando, and I was on a Delta flight. I was waiting in line at this at this for Delta, and they told us that they were they had to cancel the flight. And that it was their last flight out of the evening, and so we were going to have to stay in New Orleans. And I was like, well, this is not exactly what I was hoping to hear. Uh, but being the season traveler that I was, I pulled out, at the time, I think it was like a Blackberry I had, and so I, you know, start trying to figure out if there's anything else that's going that night. And sure enough, there's a Southwest flight next to us that's going, and there's a lady next to me in line, and she's kind of very interested, and she somehow figures out what I've come onto, and she goes, hey, can you take me with you and you know, help me get on that flight as well if you 're getting on'm like sure, so we like go over get in line Southwest, we get on that flight, and um, i don 't know if you guys remember this. this is really dating this particular story, but does you remember when Southwest had a couple of rows of seats that faced the opposite direction? Do you remember this? I got a couple of nods yeah it 's true. Southwest used to have some of their planes they 'd have a row a couple of rows of seats that that, that like actually faced the other person. So I'd be like like staring right at you and our knees would be like this close together. It was terribly awkward, I can't even believe they tried it. But those, those don't exist anymore, thankfully. But because we were the last ones on the plane, because we were like racing to get there, me and this lady ended up sitting next to each other in the seats that were facing the opposite direction because nobody wanted to sit there. And so we were next to each other and I thought, okay, maybe this is an opportunity for me to get to know this lady a little bit better and see what her story is. And so we start the conversation and I, you know, as one of the conversation starters is, I said, hey, what do, you, what do you do for a living? And she says, I'm an adult film star. I wasn't really sure to go from there, to be honest with you. I was kind of like, okay. And then she immediately says, as I'm kind of stumbling around figuring out what happens next, she says, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a missionary. <laughs> and honestly, I got like really just felt super awkward. Like my palms got sweaty. I was like everything I thought of at the next seemed inappropriate to say or ask. <laughs> like, you can imagine what questions might be coming to my mind. And I'm like, nope, can't ask that one, can't ask that one. And so I'm like, okay, and I just like put my headphones in, and that was the end of the conversation. It was probably like a Sony Walkman I had back then. And so um, what happened in that, in that particular story, and what has happened to me in, in other times of my life is that that moment became about me the opportunity to potentially talk to this woman about my uh, journey with Christ and what God's done in my life, uh, if, if that's what God was prompting us to do and to have that conversation, actually just became all about me. What was I going to say? What was I going to do? What was she going to think of me? We don't have anything in common, like all these thoughts going through my head. And so one of the, the real foundational principles we want to start with tonight is that evangelism is not dependent on you but it is an opportunity to be a part of God's work of bringing people back into the relationship he created them for. So evangelism is just this idea of saying, God made us for relationship with him. That's why he created us. And all of us at some point step outside of that in our lives. Um, in, In our church, we call it the word sin, but we actually choose to go our own way and do something different. And evangelism is really this idea of God is doing this work to bring people back into that relationship with him. He's, he's wanting to write that into their story, and we have an opportunity to be a part of that. Um, so we need a working definition for tonight for, for evangelism. We need to know what it is. Um, Miriam Merriam-Webster uh, is not the direction I'm going, but actually being part of a ministry who... Core foundation of what we do is evangelism and discipleship. I borrowed some terminology from them, and this is actually going to be our working definition for evangelism tonight. It's the idea of sharing the good news with others in the power of the Holy Spirit, and leaving the results to God. Now, if you're really astute, you would say, "Paul, there's no Ms yet. We haven't seen one M." And so, the rest of the night, we're going to be unpacking our acronym of M M, uh, and and that's going to be. But this is going to be our working definition for evangelism. So let's start with the first part, and that is uh, that God is the master. A focus on the master enables us to keep our focus on evangelism as first and foremost a work of God. And you notice I've kind of repeated this concept a few times so far, and it's because it's really important and foundational that we don't get confused, right? We don't start to think that you can argue somebody into a relationship with God, or that if I just say something clever enough, then maybe they'll decide that they want to follow God or that they, that they need God because that's not really the idea of evangelism. The idea is that um, it's first and foremost a work of God. Ryan shared last week about something uh, that we refer to all of often as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it talks about the fact that this is God's plan to go, he actually tells us to go therefore and make disciples. Teach them to obey the things I've commanded you. Teach them to follow my ways. This is the idea of the great of the great commandment. So that's the first part I want to think about in relationship to the Master, is that it's his plan. But the second part is that it's also his power. And if you want to look at Acts 1-8, you can either turn there on your phones or I'll have it on the screen. Acts 1-8 is this verse: But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Ryan last week, again, this was another verse I wanted to pick up. Ryan used Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, and then he also used Acts 1-8. And he was really focused last week on the idea of like, where are we going and what does that look like? So the idea of Judea and Samaria, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, But this week we're gonna look at that first part of the verse, which talks about the fact that if the Great Commission is God's plan, it's God's plan for how people, can enter back into that relationship with him that he created them for, then the power for that to happen is what we see here in Acts 1-8. It happens when the Holy Spirit, when God's Spirit is actually working through us as uh, people who are followers of him. So that's our first M as the master. It's his plan and the power comes from him as well. Our second M is gonna be, is gonna be the masses. Evangelism is always done in context and is influenced by its context. And so that's gonna come right here. And that's gonna be the idea of the masses. Um, currently, uh, by best estimates, there are about five billion people on the face of the earth that don't yet claim to follow Christ or have some sort of relationship with him. And so I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think the idea of five billion definitely qualifies as masses of people. Um, and so that's the word we're gonna, we're gonna use there. Um, But here's what's interesting, five billion people, right? Just in the city of Orlando, every one of those people that we're sharing with, every one of those others, they have their own context. They have things like cultural context. Ryan talked about this before, where in our context, in a, in a Western society, we talk about Jesus being the bread of life, but in Asian cultures, they would talk about him being the rice of life. Makes more sense in their context. So the cultural context that we're sharing this message with others really matters. Their social context, what's their socioeconomic status? Uh, the social circles that they run in, do they, you know, I, I uh, come here at church a lot. I work in full-time ministry. Obviously, a lot of the people that I'm in those contexts with know a lot of things about the Bible. They come in with a knowledge, and that's going to affect how I, the context in which they encounter, encounter Jesus. But the most important one that I, I want us to remember tonight is people's personal journey. I think so many times, even if we don't actually have a megaphone, sometimes we can experience other people talking to us. Or we may even be tempted to talk to others as if we're holding a megaphone. The reality is everybody has a context of some personal journey that they're on. And the best thing often we can do is just ask questions and listen. Find out where they're at. Try to discern where's God already working in their life? What's that place that he's already doing something that we can find? As soon as I heard this lady was an adult film star, my whole mind shut down. But maybe God was working in her life in some place, and if I would just taken the time to find out what's her journey like right now, where's she at in life, what's going on uh, in her life, then maybe I could have discerned maybe where she's at in that that personal journey. And the last thing I'd mention related to other people, the others, the masses of people, is the idea of spiritual battle, that um, I wanna recognize that it's really real that at the same time that god is trying to draw people back to himself and he wants them to enter back into relationship with him that there is an enemy out there there is a, there is an enemy who wants to steal kill and destroy and that's happening and so i'd encourage you to pray for others we're going to talk about later tonight is it's not just the idea of sharing for others but but be regularly praying for them that the the forces of the strongholds that have in their life that God can be working and overcoming those uh, in their journey. The next M we're going to come to, we got six of them, so we got to move pretty quick, but the next M we're going to come to is, is us. It's the messengers. And the core concept here is that God desires to use all of his followers as messengers in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world, but in different ways. So this is the idea of... The messengers. Those are. That's the ones who share. And uh, obviously, we're all gonna. I mentioned the idea that we're gonna share in different ways. Um, I don't think any of us are probably destined to do what Billy Graham did. I don't know if you guys. Any of you have probably. Some of you have heard of Billy Graham. Um, he was a man who was very um, well known in Christian circles in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even beyond. He saw. Millions of people come to Christ literally through him presenting the gospel to people, the good news of Jesus, in stadium contexts and all kind of contexts of his life. Um, That's the way that God, one of the ways, not the only one, but one of the ways that God used Billy Graham. Well, he's going to use all of us in different places because each of us have unique relationships. We have places that we work, we have places that we play, we have gyms that we go to and relationships that we have that only we have. And so God wants to use us as we're going in those places. As a matter of fact, Matthew 28:18 18 through 20, um, probably one of the most common translations you'll read would, would say, go therefore into all the world. But I've seen other translations where it actually talks about this idea of as you go. And so God's plan being saying, look, we're already going. We're moving in the world. We have these contexts that God's placed us in. And so God wants to uniquely use you in the people's life that you have those relationships with. As a messenger. Um, the, I want to introduce a concept to you, a term to you that you've probably heard, uh, especially in the court context. So in a, in a court of law, when someone is brought up on a witness stand, he's told to be a witness or she's told to be a witness. And that is, the idea of a witness is, I'm going to report what I saw, what I heard, what I experienced. That's what a witness does. And so I think so many times we make this super complicated when we think about evangelism. The word witness, if you hear it related to evangelism, might totally freak you out. Like, oh my gosh, that sounds weird. But really the idea of, of witnessing is really simple. It's relating to people what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced. How has God changed your life? What's God done in your life? That's, that's really, it's at a core level, what the idea of witnessing is. And we're actually gonna talk about in a second, the different kinds of witnesses um, that we can have. But by doing it that way, by that being God's plan, we're able to communicate in a really clear and hopefully compelling manner because we're not talking about something theoretical over here, we're actually talking about our own experience um, with God and with Jesus. The, the next M we're gonna go to is the gospel message. So that's the messenger. We're gonna talk about the message itself. That's the idea of the good news. And it is really good news um, but I think so many times we can kind of talk around it, but we don't actually talk about the actual news. What is it when we talk about the message? What is it, what's the message? Well, there's a lot of ways that you could talk about the message. Um, and we'll talk about some of those ways in a minute. But I think one way that we could summarize it, it's, it's actually summarized really well for us, um, and it, it never changes. The life-changing ch- message of Jesus and his work here on earth never changes. That's the good news. The hard thing is there are a lot of different ways it can be expressed. But I think it's important tonight for us to actually have at least one place where we look at a a part of scripture, a part of the Bible where it actually tells us in a really clear, compelling way what that message is. So let's look at Luke 24, 45 through 49. And so this, this is Jesus talking and he says, it says that Jesus, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and he told them, this is what is written. So right here, what Jesus is doing is he's referring back to an Old Testament passage. So this is written in the New Testament, in the book of Luke. He's referring back to an Old Testament passage. And Jesus says, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. There's that word, witnesses. I'm going to send you, what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So there's that reference again that we hear in Acts 1.8 about power coming from God in the form of his Holy Spirit. And so if I had to take a stab at breaking this down into a really simple construct, what's the basic message? If we So this was Jesus talking in New Testament times, referring back to the Old Testament, but now we have the advantage of being today in 2018 and looking back on this. So if I had to summarize it, this is the way I would summarize that message. Who is Jesus? He's the Messiah. Now what that word means, by the way, is the Jewish people were looking forward in their time to someone who would come and to, to save them and to redeem them. And so that's the idea of the Messiah. Jesus is that one. He's the one that fulfills what the Jewish culture was waiting for. What has he done? He died and rose again. Why did he do it? And this is coming right of that Luke passage. If you look back at it, why did he do it? For the forgiveness of our sin, those places where we've chosen to do our own way instead of God's way. And then not only to forgive us of that, but also to reconcile us back into that right relationship with God. How do we know this? We know it because in this passage, we heard him quoting Old Testament prophecy, telling us the Old Testament told us this is what's gonna happen. And it was fulfilled in that way. But also eyewitness accounts for the resurrection. We have literally hundreds of people who saw Jesus that he was raised from the dead, that's how we know that. Again, we can see it there in Luke. And the last one is how do we respond? How do we respond to that message? We're supposed to ask for that forgiveness and then believe in Jesus and what he did for us. Again, lots of other ways you could summarize that, but if I had to tell you like a core way you could summarize the message, I'd go right to that passage in Luke, Luke 24. So we've looked at, we've got four of our M's, we've looked at the Master, the masses, the messenger, and the message. Um, and so the next one we're gonna look at is what I call the modes. The different modes of evangelism recognize there are different contexts or approaches by which people come to know Jesus. And so when you think about a person's personal story and where they are and how they're experiencing other people, there's three, I think, primary modes that you see this start to start to come to shape. And that's the idea of a communal witness, a personal witness, and a missional witness there always needs to be a witness by the way because if we don't tell people what we've seen and heard and experienced then it's very difficult for them to just kind of intuit what the message of the gospel is Um, and so let's talk first about the communal witness this is i think in some ways one of the most powerful and this is the idea of the body of christ the community us as a body of people just going about and doing what it is that we're supposed to do Um, I think of an example from a few years ago. There's a guy by the name of Tom Kelly. He was founder of a company called IDEO out in California. And I had an opportunity when I was there to talk with him. And I asked him one time, I said, how did you become a follower of Christ? And Tom told me, he said, well, uh, when, when my children were first born, he said, I thought to myself, I need to raise my kids up with a moral center. And he said, so I thought the best place to do that would probably be church. And so he had never been before never had been raised in church or anything else but that told me right there he saw this body of believers these these people meeting together and he saw something that he knew was morally good and that's what actually attracted him to go there and as he went there he had someone talk to him about about jesus and about the the message and that's how he came to christ and so often people can just see us they can hear us and see the works that we're engaged in and doing um, we see this very powerfully in acts 2 42 through, through 42 through 47 where it talks about what the early church was like so when someone saw the early church what did they see they saw people that are devoting themselves the apostles teaching into fellowship the breaking of bread into prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. If these are the things that we do together as a body of Christ, I think that's fantastic. By the way, they mentioned breaking the bread twice. So we should do that very often. I think as a community, we should eat together, which was, it's great, I love doing that. Um, But these are the things that it talks about that people found attractive about the early church and the body of believers. And these are things that we still engage in today, right? Everything you saw there should be something you've probably experienced in some way here. And so that's this idea of communal witness. People see the body of Christ, us as a body of believers, a community engaging in the things that God's called us to do. The second one um, is this idea of personal witness. Um, This is where we've, I've kind of mentioned this before so we won't spend a lot of time on it, but your personal witness is the reference I make to when you're at work, when you're in the relationships that you have at the gym, different places that you walk, you have have those relationships. An example from my story recently, I'll go back to that volleyball tournament I was out in Philadelphia. There's a guy that I've been hanging out with quite a bit. He's one of the other dads. So we have a lot of time to just hang out between games, right? And so we get to know each other a little bit. And so this guy's name is Mark have not known Mark outside of any context other than volleyball. And so Mark and I were walking to get coffee in between games. And I said, Mark, do you have like a spiritual background? Anything like a religious background as a part of your history? And Mark said, as a matter of fact, I do. I actually was born Jewish, but now I'm Christian. And I said, well, that's interesting, Mark. What, What actually made you say that you have become a Christian? Like if you were Jewish and now you're a Christian, what was it? And he said, you know, I'll be honest with you, Paul, he said, he knew I was a missionary. He said, I don't know as much about this stuff as you do, but he said, I just kind of figured since I wasn't Jewish anymore, that must make me Christian. But it opened up, it's kind of funny, but it opened up a great opportunity for me just in the context of our relationship. To say, actually, I do kind of do this for a living. And so if you'd like to hear more about what, how, I, what I think, how I think about that, I'd love to talk with you. And so we had a great 30-minute conversation where he was asking questions about my life and what I do. And I was able to share with him kind of my own experience and just tell him what God had done in my life. And why did I talk, what, when I tell people I'm a Christian, why do I say that? What does that mean to me? And so that's an example of personal witness, just in the context of, of everyday conversation and relationship. I mean, the last one is this idea of missional witness. Um, This is, uh, can be, uh, I think sometimes what people think of when they think of evangelism, is it's this idea of like, I'm gonna go and be a missionary somewhere and I'm gonna go do evangelism. And that's certainly important. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, Chrissy's going on a trip to Israel this summer where she's actually not going there just to hang out and have fun, but she's saying, God's calling me to go do ministry in this place and so I'm gonna go there. Uh, I've done it on numerous occasions. It doesn't have to just be overseas. I mean, our church does it to Peru. We have a partnership with Peru. We go down there and engage in ministry uh, in different groups. Um, But it can just even be in the context of Orlando. Maybe you go to like uh, a homeless shelter and you meet people, or maybe you go just to another community outside of your own and do some kind of activity. And so that's this idea of a missional witness. And what I would say is that if our church is in a healthy place, and we're, we're engaging in this idea of evangelism, I would hope that we could see all three of these happening right, in different ways. I would hope we could point to evidence and see that all of us are, are finding places where we're inviting people into our story, we're getting to know their story, and, and people are maybe joining the community because of what they see us doing as a community, the idea of communal witness. I would hope that we are taking opportunities to engage in this idea of missional witness that we're taking times, either whether it's overseas or even just here in Orlando, to take intentional times to do ministry to people that may not be in our current culture and in our, in our church. So those are the different modes of evangelism, communal witness, personal witness, and missional witness. The last M, because we're up to five now. I didn't write modes, by the way. Get the last one right here is this idea of methods. Um, We have numerous methods available to communicate the unchanging gospel message. So who Jesus was and what he did, um, it's it's never gonna change, Uh, that's solid. But because of these contexts that we find ourselves in, there's often a lot of different ways that we could share that message with someone else. And I'm not going to try to go in and unpack all of those, because there's literally, uh, you could probably spend an entire evening talking about different ways that each of us, in our own story, were drawn closer to Jesus. And we'd all have a different story. But I want to share with you two as just kind of a starting point. So one of those is going to be um, this idea of, of kind of having a tool that helps you be able to do that. Our ministry, um, we, we wrote a tool called God Tools. It's If you want to download it on your phone, it's free. It's been used over a million times now, but it's a really basic way that you could walk through the message. If you're, this is a great tool if you're not someone who's confident in sharing this story with someone else, or also if you're going to another cultural context, because this thing is in like, 100 some odd languages. And so if you're maybe talking with someone whose native language is Spanish, you could actually share the story with them and they could be following along in Spanish while you're in English. And so that's one way I want to talk about that you can share the message is you can actually have some kind of an aid like that. That's a tool, whether it's on your phone or maybe it's like a track of some kind that you flip through with someone. And that's often a great, a great way to do it, especially if you're not someone who's really confident in doing that yet. Um, A second way, which I think is one of the most basic that I encourage you to do uh, if you haven't, is to write your own story down. Like what has God done in your life? How did he change your life? Whether it was a miraculous moment or whether it was just you coming to the realization that you needed him in your life, whatever it was, write it down and then be able to recall that when you're telling people about God. Don't just tell them about God and these kind of theoretical things, tell them how God changed your life, what he did in your life to bring about change. Um, So those are just two of the different methods. And again, there's, there's many uh, more, but those are two simple ones. So I want to recap the M's, right? So mm, uh, if you want to remember them um, is that we talk about the master that evangelism is a work of God. It's not us. We can be freed up from feeling like we have to be very clever and to convince people. Um, we talk about others that if the, the idea of the gospel is that we're interacting with someone else and there's there's literally masses of people out there that don't really know the basic story of Jesus and what he did. And so that's the that's our role as the messenger is to be able to tell the story, to be a witness, to tell people what God's done in our lives then there's the message, the idea that Jesus came here on earth and dwelt among us so that he could help us be restored into that. We could have forgiveness of sin. He could help us be restored into that right relationship with God. And then there's uh, three modes we talked about, the communal mode, where it's our body interacting together, uh, doing the things that we do and people are attracted to that. There's the idea of personal witness, where in your relationships... And the people you interact with, you can just naturally share with them. And then there's that day the of missional mode. And then lastly, the methods. Um, and a couple of ones we talked about was just maybe having a tool that you either download on your phone or that you can use it, but then also just write down your, your story as a couple of ways, methods you could use to share that story. Um, I want to end our time with a little bit of prayer, but if you want to stand with me, I want to, I want to pray together. But before I do, I wanna take a moment of just reflection. And you can look up on the screen, there's gonna be two questions I want you to reflect on before I end our time in prayer. And that's, what aspect of evangelism is God asking you to take a step of faith in this week? So for some of us, uh, it might be that um, maybe you're scared, maybe it's fearful and you just, you know there's someone in your workplace or someone that you have kind of seen as struggling and maybe God's doing something in our life and you want to talk to him, but maybe you're just a little bit fearful. Maybe that's your step of faith. Maybe for some of you, it's just writing it down. You're like, man, God has done some really neat things in my life, but I've never actually taken time to be able to retell that story in a way to someone else that needs to hear it. So maybe that's, maybe that's the step for you. Um, but, but just ask yourself, spend some time with God and say, what aspect of evangelism is God asking you to take a step of faith in this week And then secondly, maybe ask God if he'll bring one specific person that you can commit to pray for this week. Somebody that to your knowledge is not currently following Jesus or doesn't know him, doesn't even know what it means to know Jesus and take up, maybe make a commitment to pray. So spend some time uh, thinking about those things and then I'll close us in prayer. a couple of our leaders to be available in the back to pray with you. Uh, Maybe as you thought about this, you thought about the step of faith that you wanted to take. Maybe it felt really big and overwhelming and you'd like like some prayer. Um, We want to make a couple of our leadership available to pray with you, to just encourage you in taking that step of faith, whatever it may be, uh, together. And and maybe maybe the person you thought of, you thought, man, this feels really challenging for me. I want to pray for this person. I want to lift them up. But I'd love somebody else to pray with me tonight about this person that I'm going to hopefully uh, pray for this week and maybe even take a step of faith with them. God, we're really grateful for um, our time together and thankful that, uh, well, my prayer at least is that we can engage in, in what I'm thankful for, which is that, that you did not make the idea of telling your story and someone making a choice to start to follow you something that we had to be clever about but yet it's really an opportunity that we get to be a part of it in some way and see what you're already doing. And so, um, yeah, God encourages us to be brave and to take steps of faith this week with you. Amen. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at C H. We hope you join us again soon.